Welcome to the Rutgers Oral History Archive podcast. The Rutgers Oral History Archive, or ROHA for short, is dedicated to documenting the life stories of men and women in communities throughout New Jersey and Rutgers University. ROHA makes those oral history interviews available to students and scholars through our digital archive at oralhistory.rutgers.edu. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at at sign RU Oral History. I'm Sophia Ruiz, a senior in the Rutgers School of Arts and Sciences. In today's podcast, I will preview an oral history that is in the Roja collection. Today's spotlight is on Harvey Grimsley, a World War II veteran, Rutgers Athletic Hall of Famer, and leading scorer during his football career in the late 1940s at Rutgers. Grimsley's story begins in 1922, Hillburg, Alabama. Growing up in the Jim Crow era South, Grimsley and his family endured many instances of oppression. At four years old, Grimsley's grandfather, Cupid Alexander Irvin, was forced to flee his hometown because of interracial violence. He was a sharecropper and one day requested that a white worker reweigh a load of cotton he felt was unfairly undervalued and a physical altercation broke out. Following this incident, Grimsley's grandfather was forced to leave town due to the threat of retaliatory violence on the family from the Ku Klux Klan. Grimsley witnessed KKK members riding up to his house, carrying torches and ropes, looking for his grandfather. After it became apparent Hilberg was not safe for the family any longer, they gradually migrated up to New Jersey. Grimsley's family joined the 1.5 million African Americans migrating from the South to Northern and Midwestern cities between 1900 and 1940. The Grimsleys first settled in Bloomfield, New Jersey, and then in Orange. At Orange High School, the family left a legacy in athletics. Grimsley's uncle, Monty Irvin, graduated Orange High School in 1937 where he dominated every major sport. Grimsley recounts Monty Irving's athletic prowess in high school. Here's a 15-year-old playing with other, I guess, freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and senior. Had the best statistics in running the ball and tackling and defense and everything. A freshman, Monty Irvin. Spring came, okay? And baseball season. Uh, the baseball coach wanted him to play, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, at the end of the season, he had more home runs, <laughs> more stolen, stolen bases, okay? Uh-huh. Enough statistics to be all state again. So in his freshman year, he made all state in every major sport. And it didn't stop then. It only continued. Irvin went on to play for the Newark Eagles in the Negro Leagues at a time when Major League Baseball had barred black players. 
Irvin became one of the first black baseball players in the integrated MLB, playing eight seasons for the New York Giants and the Chicago Cubs. He was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1973. Grimsley and his brother followed in Irvin's footsteps, attending Orange High School and playing multiple sports with football as their focus. Grimsley recalls in his oral history, we fed Orange High School for about, what, 12 years? They had a good running back, a good defense. Every year, better Irvin or Grimsley was there. Spending his high school years in Orange, Grimsley worked a number of part-time jobs to support his mother, while also balancing being a key player on the football team. He graduated Orange High School in 1942 and shortly after was drafted into the service. During World War II, the United States military was segregated. Black soldiers served in segregated divisions in combat support roles, such as labor and service units. Grimsley served in the European sphere of operations as a staff sergeant in the 469th Amphibious Truck Company, a segregated unit in charge of duck vehicles. While deployed in Europe, Grimsley took part in the Allied invasion of German-occupied France on June 6, 1944, also known as D-Day. Grimsley landed on Utah Beach in Normandy, France, and was in the unit that was a part of the Red Ball Express. The Red Ball Express was a fleet of vehicles which transported fuel, ammo, and food to the front lines, as American forces in General George Patton's Third Army broke through the defenses of Normandy and battled German forces across France. Grimsley describes the mission of his unit in his oral history. We cross bridges, we cross waters, we cross anything to help our army move. Follow Patton, whatever he needs, wherever he goes, make sure he gets enough uh, fuel. That, that was our assignment. The war ended in Europe in May of 1945 when Germany surrendered. In his oral history, Grimsley recalls a story from the time in which another unit, a tank unit in General Patton's Third Army, challenged Grimsley's unit to a baseball game. Grimsley pitched and after striking out, batter after batter, with a combination of fastballs and sliders, Grimsley ended up pitching a no-hitter in his team's victory. He kids that he even earned himself a stripe by pitching that no-hitter. After this game, Grimsley was recruited to play basketball on an integrated team at Baritz American University in France in May of 1945. Baritz was a university established in Europe towards the end of World War II to help soldiers who were close to the end of their service transition into civilian academic life. Grimsley recounts his time at Baritz. Baritz American University, what we did was travel around to the other universities that had a basketball team. Uh -huh. Toulouse, Paris, Bordeaux. It's about 12 games we had that year. Uh -huh. Came out undefeated. Grimsley played at Baritz until February of 1946 when he was discharged and returned home. 
Once he arrived back in New Jersey, Grimsley was recruited by Henry Benkert to play football at Rutgers College. Benkert was an All-American football player at Rutgers in 1925. He went on to have a successful career playing professional football for the New York Giants and other NFL teams. Grimsley had known Benkert at Orange High School, where he was the football coach. Grimsley made the final decision to commit to play at Rutgers when he saw Hank Pryor and Bucky Hatchett, both standout high school athletes, during a visit to the university. Grimsley and Hatchett became roommates at Rutgers and both went on to become members of the Rutgers Athletic Hall of Fame. Grimsley attended Rutgers College on the GI Bill. Grimsley played under coach Harvey Harmon as a running back. Initially relegated to the JV squad, Grimsley admits, Harvey Harmon and I just didn't get along for some reason. In his very first JV game for Rutgers, Grimsley scored five touchdowns against Navy's B squad. Grimsley recounts, like Every time I got my hands on, on the ball, I'd, ball I'd, I'd score a touchdown. Grimsley never started a game under Coach Harmon, but Harmon counted on the duo of Grimsley at right halfback and Hank Pryor at left halfback, along with quarterback Frank Burns, to carry the team. Grimsley recalls his first varsity game when Harmon put him in. First play, I went 60 miles, 60 yards for a touchdown. Next time I got my hands on the ball, was 40 yards for a touchdown. I scored two touchdowns just like that to win. Grimsley went on to score multiple touchdowns in 11 games during his career as a Scarlet Knight. But despite his success on the field, while playing for Rutgers, Grimsley experienced instances of racial prejudice. The Targum had published a headline that read that Grimsley and Hank were, quote, Gold Dust Twins, which was a reference to a racist advertising campaign from the early 20th century. In response, Grimsley recalls in his oral history how he addressed the issue. Hank and I went down to the Targum. We told them that we knew each other, but we weren't brothers. Now, if you want your windows to stay unbroken, put it in there again. You're going to find some broken windows. And it stopped. Grimsley was one of Rutgers' leading scorers and earned a varsity letter all four years. He finished his college career with a total of 28 rushing touchdowns, which still ranks sixth in all-time program history. Grimsley graduated Rutgers College in 1950 and was inducted into the Rutgers Athletic Hall of Fame in 1993. After graduating, Grimsley went on to an exciting career coaching high school football. The first black football coach in Essex County, Grimsley helped lead Southside High School, now known as Malcolm X Shabazz, to a city championship in 1954. Grimsley also worked as a football coach at Piscataway High School and then as a recruiter for Governor State University in Chicago. Grimsley passed away at the age of 98 in January of 2021. Present at Grimsley's oral history interview were Reverend Dr. Charles Cole and Jim Savage, 
Rutgers College Class of 1971. Cole was a student of Grimsley's at Southside, where Grimsley mentored him and encouraged him. Savage met Grimsley through Rutgers alumni activities, and the two became close friends. Savage notes the lasting mark that Grimsley made upon people. Harvey Grimsley was the man who was too busy caring and working for others before himself. He always put others in the needs of others before his own needs. Mm -hmm. That's how they're going to remember Harvey Grimsley. To read Harvey Grimsley's full oral history interview and many others in Roja's collection, go to oralhistory.ruckers.edu. Thank you for tuning in to the Roja podcast. Follow Roja on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcast at at sign RU Oral History. This podcast was written and narrated by Sophia Ruiz, Rutgers Class of 2021, and produced by Kate Rizzi. Fact-checking was done by Kate Rizzi and Sean Illingworth. The podcast was recorded in the Class of 1948 sound booth located at the Rutgers School of Arts and Sciences building at 1 Spring Street.